I think that everyone in the world should learn about sexual violence. You may not be, or domestic violence, you may not be a victim, but sexual violence is an epidemic all over the world. Is it, it, did, it did not just start, start. it started over 2,000 years ago. When David's stepson violated his sister, that's when it started. I think if we knew about it, learn about it, because it's real. It doesn't care where you live. It doesn't care how much money you make. It doesn't care who you are. And the saddest thing about it is that a lot of it are done right in the family. It can be a preacher, it can be a lawyer, it can be a doctor, it can be a president, it can be a senator, it can be a policeman, it can be anyone. Sexual violence has no preference. It's not how a person looks, it's not how a person was dressed, it's not how a person carried themselves, but it's about a spirit that is demonic-led to overpower people. And I sometimes hear people say they're not worried because their children don't go anywhere but to their family. Okay. They're not safe there. You can live in all the gated community you want to live in. Potential victims of sexual violence are not safe. They're not safe with family. I say something that a lot of people won't say, and I know people don't want to hear it. But if they're your children, keep your own children. Unless for some reason, every now and then, you have to go to the doctor or whatever, you cannot take your children with you. Stop allowing people to keep your children. You say, well... I'm going to let her stay with her daddy or let him stay with her daddy because I know he's not going to hurt him. That's not true. That's not true. I have been event where the father is the, was the primary one. We're talking about a sick individual when we're talking about that. So everybody should learn about it because just say for, uh, just say for instance that you and four of your friends decide, or co-workers, decide to stop in and get dinner before you come home. Three out of that five, three to four out of that five, has been sexually violated. They're not going to tell you. Because of shame, they keep it locked in. Because of shame, and it's been, they have heard in their mind that it was their fault. That's a lie from the pits of hell. It is a lie. But that is a stigma that people carry with them. I want you to understand something else, too. Sexual violence, rape, or whatever. It's connected with so many more things. I'm going to start at the top one. It is suicide. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anytime you hear someone talking about suicide, understand and believe that they've been raped. Know that there is some pain 
at the root that they just cannot say. You hear people cutting themselves? It's pain. Nothing but pain. Some people really don't want to say what they think it is because a lack of knowledge caused them not to make the connection with the symptoms that would happen like it did me. I was sick like right at 50 years. To me, I had no symptoms, but I did because I had never read about them until I went to volunteer to work with victims of sexual violence. I had never read about them because when 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 I was raped, I really thought it was something that was going to go away. I was 16 years old, and it was a date rape, and I thought that it was going to go away. I thought I had never heard it because I came out of the country, a uh, little dusty place down in Mississippi, and my mother did not mention rape. What she did say to the girl were, I want you all to keep yourself because you're going to get married one day. But she never said, I want to also warn you that there may be some out there, a male, a female, that would try to move you off that by raping you. If I had had some knowledge, I may could have defend myself better. But I had no knowledge. So when he picked me up for a movie date that I never saw, I always said the movie I never saw, the date I never had, and the popcorn I never ate. When he deterred off from going towards the movie, what I thought, well, I hadn't been living in Memphis too long, I didn't know where he was going to the wooded area. He did not waste any time. He took me right there and started fondling my clothes. I didn't even know what he wanted. And I was a little skinny one at that time. And finally he won. So when I returned home, he took me right back home. When I returned home, I didn't say a word. I didn't know that I was supposed to say a word. I was a very secretive person anyway. So I didn't, I didn't say a word about it. And I went on through life. And around the age of ooh, 30, I guess, 30 years old, I guess, I became suicidal. But I didn't know why I was suicidal. I really didn't want to die. And let me tell you one thing. Those that kill themselves, they really don't want to die. But in their head, their head tells them that they must die. Like my thoughts told me. You must die. Don't nobody love you anyway. So this is not your world. So you must die. I was even secretive with that. But, and sometimes people won't say anything at all about it because they're ashamed that they feel suicide. But from this day on, when you listen to, the, listen to this podcast, from this day on, I want you to remember if you hear the word suicide from somebody, or you hear someone say that someone is suicide, ask them what happened to them. Just ask them what happened to them. See if you can help them get to some counseling because they are very sick. They don't want to die. And I went to church with a friend of mine kept inviting me to church. And I finally went to church with her. And, and, and the pastor would say, those who want to introduce themselves, you know, at the end of the service, you stand up and introduce yourself. And that I did. I stood up 
and, you know, gave my name. And I wouldn't intend to say what I said. I say, I don't want to die. And he said, <clears throat> excuse me, the pastor responded and said, you don't have to die. You don't have to. I was just that sick and did not know that I was sick. I did not know. And later on, I went on to join the church and got baptized in the water in the name of Jesus. And when I came up, I was speaking with another language. And that's been over 40 years ago, and I have no problem with a suicide spirit anymore. It's just old spirit. But it will make you kill yourself. Some people call it mental illness. You can call it what you want to. Secular call it mental illness. But I call it a spirit of the enemy of our soul because he came to steal, kill, and to destroy. And people that has been raped, if they can help it, they don't hardly need to talk to someone that has not been raped because they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. You have to walk this one here. You can't talk this. You have to walk this. It's such a big thing. Rape is such a big thing. The saddest part about it. I'm going to drop something on you now. The saddest part about it. That the little babies and the little girls. Are being raped. Very important again. Who keep your children. The babysitter, might, the babysitter may be touching that child. Between her leg or his leg. You don't know what they're doing. If you just gotta let somebody keep install a camera in your house and don't tell anybody that that camera is there, you may find something out that you hope that you would never. You need one in there anyway if you have little children. Train the children. I'm hard on this right here. Train the children. About sexual violence. I don't care if they're two years old. Train the children as to where someone can touch them or do certain things. And don't train them with some old way back yonder language you heard you, you heard of their body part. Do not do that. What you call the body part, look it up and get a correct name for it. So you can train this child intelligently. So a child would be able to identify with what you say. And don't just do it once. Make it household knowledge. When we had our meeting, one of our clients had been violated. And she said that she didn't think much about it because she felt as if it was her fault. Because she had skipped school. She said, first of all, I skipped school, and I had to go to summer school. She said, but if I had gotten my lesson, I wouldn't have had to go to summer school. Because that's where he got her at was summer school. He offered her a ride. I think she was 17. Don't know anything now about sexual violence, rape. He offered her a ride. So she said she got in the car with him. Now, that she should not have done. But if she had had the awareness and the knowledge, she probably wouldn't have got in that car. So she got in the car with him. She said, as soon as she got in his car, she looked to the left, and there were no handle 
for her to get out the car. No, nothing. No labor or nothing. And she said she began to cry. She said when she began to cry, he said, there is no need of crying now. And he went on rape and did what he wanted to do. And he told her not to tell anyone because he knew where she lived. And she kept that thing hid in her until she was about 41. I think she was about 41 when she told. 41 or 51. And that happened when she was 17. So she said she 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 labeled it as her fault. She, you know, the, 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 the pain went in and she blamed herself. So through that meeting, through our monthly meeting, where the power of God was working, she was made whole in that meeting. Immediately she went to work with her grandchildren, with her children, with her grandchildren. She had pretty little granddaughters with her grandchildren, telling them who could touch them here, who, who could touch them there. Even she told them the grandfather, her husband, she told them if they had to use the bathroom, they could not clean themselves, let it stay on themselves until she got home until their mother come and they would clean them up i mean she did some teaching in her family she started sharing what uh you know what she knew and that is very important that as i put these podcasts out here i'm looking for people to pass this around because like i said when i started in the introduction part i am not gonna lie to you and not on this one because I don't want to put too much on it. But next time I will share with you on how you can recognize if someone more likely uh been sexually violated. The saddest thing it is. Just say for instance that your wife or your daughter was sexually violated. The daughter might have been on her way to school, somebody might have got her on her way to school. The saddest thing it is, that daughter that you knew before you left home uh, that morning to go to work, and you come home that evening, you don't have the same daughter that you had when you left that morning. That child's life has been flipped upside down, all around, even from the inside out. She looked the same. She walked the same. She say some of the same thing. But you have lost your daughter. As such, with your wife. Say your wife called you, gave you a call, and said, honey, I'm at the hospital. Somebody raped me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You don't have that wife anymore. And you won't get her back. You'll get her Herself, her body, you will not get the wife back unless she contact from brokenness to wholeness. Now, if there's another from brokenness to wholeness that you all find and know about, go to them. But if you don't know anybody, then you can reach out to me. I don't have to be in the same place where you all. You won't get the same person back. You will not get the, you've been married, just say you've been married to her 15 years. Y'all had a pretty good marriage. Well, it's just been destroyed. That thing has just that much going on 
with it. So, I am happy that I'm able to put this information out here going into the eighth year. Um, I will share more testimony. I cannot wait to share the testimony with you all about the client that came to me a few years ago that was violated over 90 years before she came. That's all I'm going to tell you right there. Okay, let me tell you a little bit more. She says she thinks she cried every day for 90 years because that's all she could do. I will pick that up next time and share that with you all so you can know it is something, a movement out here that's real, that help people move from brokenness to holding. Have a good evening. All right now.